Binches. You're listening to Women Behind the Veil podcast, and I'm your host, Julie, and I'm going to take you to the state of Guanajuato in Mexico. A little backstory uh, of Guanajuato. Well, first of all, let me let you know what the fuck I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about Las Momias de Guanajuato, which in translation is, is, um, the, the mummies of Guanajuato. Now, do we think of mummies from like Egypt? No, not at all. Um, these mummies are just, they're just people that died and their bodies became mummified. And I'll go into detail why and how that happened and how we even know they exist. So let me go ahead and describe how Guanajuato is so you get a little backstory on that entire state. Guanajuato is a mountainous state. There's five ranges and one of them is known as Los Altos and the other is La Sierra Central, El Bajillo. La Sierra Gorda y Los Valles del Sur. The mountain ranges actually, they range in height from 2300 to 3000 meters high or 8200 feet and 9842 feet high. And of course, Mexico uses meters. We're just the only country in the world that uses feet. I don't know. I forget what president to blame on this. Uh, makes us dumber. Um, actually, my, uh, mi abuela Carmen was born in Abasolo, Guanajuato. And her family was all from there. So before the internet and before, um, any type of, um, social media, internet, Google, um, it was basically kind of like a folklore. We didn't know if they really existed or not, unless you were from there. And unless you were from there, you, there's what, like a 50% chance you've actually even seen them or even less, you know, it wasn't a, a huge tourist attraction, um, in the early nineties as it was in the early 1900s. And, um, it just, it, it was just word of mouth, basically. And so we knew somebody from there or um, we heard, you know, like, I don't know, my cousin's cousin, you know, went there one day and, you know, half the time they're full of shit. So you really don't know if they're really being honest or not. And up until maybe, I don't know, early 2000s, um, that's when they started documenting um, what happened? How did these bodies become mummified? How did they even know they were mummified, you know, to begin with? So, um, it's, it's, it's a sad story and, um, I'd like to tell y'all about it. Let me let you know where Guanajuato is because there's 32 states in Mexico and, I, of course, maybe know 20, 
20, yeah. Um, I have been to, uh, God, a good, I've been to, uh, Jalisco, Aguascalientes, um, and, um, actually my mom's family has, I've, I've said it before, they have land in, um, Incarnacion de Dias Jalisco, and it actually, there, she has an uncle that has land. Half of it is in Aguascalientes. Half of it is in Jalisco. So in the middle of his land, there is a fence, <laughs> a random fence that goes down and to uh, let people know what side is in Jalisco and what side is in Aguascalientes. So that's how close we are. And we're from Los Altos de Jalisco. So, um, that gives you a good idea, you know, how close Jalisco is to Guanajuato. And it's actually in central Mexico. And it's basically, like I said, 90 or 80% mountain terrain. Okay. And it says it's located between the arid north of the country and the lusher south. And it says here, it's it's a part of the trans-Mexican volcanic belt and the Mexican plateau. Also known as El Volcanico Trans, Transversal and known locally as La Sierra Nevada. Nevada, like, or Nevada. Um, or like the state of Nevada for us, um, aka snowy, snowy mountain range. So it's like, oh, it makes sense. Nevada is snow. Like, duh, dummy. Like, God, half of this stuff, like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't like penetrate my thick skull. And I'm like, it sounds familiar, but I don't know how it sounds familiar until I'm like, oh, like when you see something like right in front of your nose and you're like, this looks familiar. It looks familiar. And then someone's like, it's a snake about to bite the shit out of you. Oh yeah. You know, like that. That's how it, this feels to me. Like, God, common sense doesn't kick in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, we have so many, um, like Colorado is the color red. And Colorado, the state of Colorado is Colorado, but in Spanish is Colorado, like something red. So, so yeah, I used to call a, a redhead La Colorada because she was fucking like, she wasn't like one of them pretty redheads. She was one of them redheads with like, I don't know, maybe because she had funny teeth and like teeth scare me. And, um, like I could deal with people with braces. It's just sometimes how teeth are arranged. They might not even have to be crooked. It's more of the, um, just like kind of like Bucky, you know, like, uh, like little bunny teeth, you know, those scare me. I don't know. Maybe because maybe a kid bit me when I was younger. I don't know. 
there has to be something in the back of my mind that I am trying to um, block. And I am just watching my neighbor, my neighbor's boyfriend, leave their house <laughs> and okay well first of all he he parks um he parks like fuck two houses down and I have been wondering who this fucking truck was for a couple weeks and I just saw him come out and this little bitch was like she comes out in her fucking little booty shorts it's fucking cold outside too and raining and uh she fucking follows him like a dumbass no bitch you're not a fucking dog you know men follow you you aren't supposed to follow men yes little girl this is the same girl that tries to get Daniel's attention when he gets home from work and I of course am sitting here and I'm like, hey, did you have fun talking to that little bitch? And um, I wish I could say more, but I could incriminate myself and people I know uh, because of the shit that she has done. So let's get back to business. And this motherfucker is smoking a cigarette and chewing on some gum. Who fucking does that? Who, who fucking chews gum? He probably... Of course, didn't brush its teeth. And smoking a cigarette. And looking at his tires. Yeah, guy. Real slick. Real fucking slick guy. Alright, let's get back to business. Okay. And so, um, how, oh, La Sierra Nevada. And, um, they, they say that there are parts that the top of those mountain ranges have snow all year round and it must be really fucking cold and you know what the temperature there um in the mornings are probably in the low 40s right um mid 40s to low 50s if that and it warms out throughout day to maybe 80 and then as soon as the sun goes down uh, the temperatures get cold again back into the 40s and I'd have to say it's because of the um, the terrain because that's how Jalisco is and because um, in Los Altos de Jalisco Obviously, because we're on the higher part of the um, state, it's we're, it's colder in the morning and night because of where it's at. So I can bet money on that. That's why it, the temperature changes there too. Okay, so now you know the um, how it is there and what the um, what it consists of and all that. So. There was a cholera outbreak in 1833, and we spoke about cholera when um, Buffalo, Buffalo Calf Road Woman. And I am sorry again for 
butchering that name. I don't know. My dyslexia gets the best of me sometimes. And that's what happened. I was looking at the name correctly and it just, it got to me. The cholera outbreak in 1833 in Mexico, um, Guanajuato. So basically the cholera is people shitting themselves. Um, they're dehydrated and it's because of the not so clean, um, or the hygienic end of them, meaning obviously they weren't washing their hands, um, with antibacterial soap. They would probably just rinse their hands or wipe their hands and then eat with those, you know, or cook with those hands. And that's how it happened. It's, you know, now we know, but it's a bacterial infection and it's not a virus. It's a, you know, you need, you need antibiotics or your body could fight it off, but you know, you're going to run high fevers and, um, you're going to have the shits for a while. And, you know, back then they didn't know, you know, drink water to, um, stay hydrated. And if they did drink water, was that water contaminated, you know, itself? And so it was just a, uh, chain, uh, a chain reaction. And, uh, you know, a lot of people suffered and, um, they say between 1870 and 1958, um, they began to be disinterred. And so basically bodies were being taken out of the, uh, it was called, El, it is called El Panteón de Santa Paula, um, the St. Paula Cemetery. And the government decided to say, okay, this is a local task, a tax that needs to be put in place. And it's requiring a fee to be paid for, and I'm doing air quotes, perpetual burial fee. Hmm. So you're charging money on top of the, the money I'm paying you to, you know, for the plot of land or, or the, yeah, the plot of land for that plot. I still have to pay you a tax. And if I can't pay you, you're going to take the body out. That's, that's bullshit. And, and it's, that's a, a key form of how the government, uh, took advantage of the people. And, you know, Mexico is a third world country. And, um, especially at that point, you know, people, it, you know, they just wanted to bury their loved ones. And by them saying, hey, there's a fee from like, I don't know, someone that died 30 years ago. Oh, I need to pay you for that. That's like out of the blue. Like, oh, yeah, sorry. You know, someone's going to come by and shake me down. Fuck you. And, you know, but people, you know, when when you're not educated, when you are um, yeah, when you're not educated, you don't know the law, you know, they, they use your ignorance, uh, against you. And that's how, you know, a lot of people got hustled. And so, uh, so the bodies that the tax was not paid for. So if I didn't pay the tax, the bodies were disinterred, then 
some of the bodies in, in, in some of the best conditions were stored in a nearby building. Okay. And it says, due to the climate in Guanajuato, um, it's an environment which can lead to a natural mummification. And that can be due to the soils, the soil on, um, on the mountain, uh, in those mountains. And the, I believe of how the air is pure, way cleaner. And, um, due to the temperatures, um, uh, I believe that's how they, you know, they, they were in impeccable, uh, state, you know? So by the early 1900s, the mummies began attracting tourists. The cemetery workers began charging couple, a couple of vessels, uh, for, um, to go by, go, to go by in those buildings and, um, view these bodies, right? And so that, that building actually became El Museo de las Momias in 1969. And as of 2007, 59 mummies were, were on display that begins, that brings the total collection of mummies there to a total of 111 mummies. 111 mummies. Wow. So when the cholera hit, the bodies were buried immediately uh, to try to avoid spreading the, the disease to even more people, right? And there are some people that were buried alive, actually. And um, they think they know that one mummy that was disinterred, she was believed to be buried alive. Her name was Ignacia Aguilar. And she had a strange um, heart condition where her heart would stop. And on one of those occasions, her her heart stopped. And I guess they took her for dead and they buried her like right away. And if, if from what I remember correctly, um, now in present time, said, for example, someone dies today, by tomorrow they're burying them. That's now. So we could only imagine how fast they buried people during the cholera outbreak. So if I died, say this morning, by this afternoon, I was in the ground. So, so yeah, it's not like days here where they have to do an autopsy, um, embalming bodies. No, they don't do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, so yeah, Ignacia Aguilar, um, whenever she was disinterred, um, they noticed that she was facing down and biting on her arm and she had a lot of blood in her mouth. So I don't know if that when she awoke, she, she was in a box underground and I don't know if like she got hungry and bit down on her arm or to out of like madness she bit down on her arm I don't know it could be a million things um but we're not her so we don't know what went through her mind 
but it's pretty fucking scary. In 1865, that's when the first mummy, that, that's when one of the first mummies was put on display. Okay. So, and, um, El Museo, uh, also has the smallest mummy in the world. It's a fetus from a pregnant woman who died from cholera. So they say this, this fetus is in immaculate condition, right? And it must be where they have that, um, I forget what that's called, where they have some type of the body pushes the baby out after the body dies. And this this baby was immaculate condition. And because of everything, he was mummified or she was mummified. And there's actually two other locations in the entire state of Mexico, okay, that has the mummification um, process naturally and one is in Encarnación de Dios Jalisco what up that's where my family's from um I I god I remember where was it was it in mysterious circumstances group or was it my group where I actually put that it was a video where um they they took uh people out and um out of their, I guess, disinterred them as well. Um, I guess to move them, I, 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 I'm not too sure why they did. And, um, he, one of them was a, a man who actually found a treasure and he was so, he was a nice older man. And of course, some bad guys heard about him and his treasure and, um, they went and they killed him. And he's actually on display there in El Museo, um, and Encarnación de Dios. And the second other place is, um, El, it, it's called El, El Carmen Complex. And that's in Mexico City. And, um, I, I don't know if it's because of the, uh, again, the soils there. Uh, I don't know. Or I don't know that that, um, complex has mummies from Guanajuato and Encarnacion. I'm not too sure. <clears throat> There really isn't, there's no backstories because these are from like the late 1800s. These are bodies from the 1800s and, um, there's just no record, you know? And then I did read that, you know, um, in Mexico, you know how they love to, um, add the, the fear of God <laughs> and everything or with everything and so, um, there is this mummy, her name is Carmen, and, um, they say she was a witch when she was alive. And due to her work with the black magic, um, anybody she worked with while she was alive had a, um, a, a bad ending of some sort whether if it's losing money, 
their home, um, their home to a fire, a divorce or death. Um, so then again, you know, there's people that say, Oh, you know, because of what you do or what you believe in, Julie, uh, you're suffering. I had someone tell me that I am suffering only because of, um, what I do and who I am. And it's really fucking ignorant for someone to say that, honestly. Because <laughs> you would think, you know, if I did black magic or something like that, I'd be like, I don't know, fucking have unlimited youth, you know? I don't know, something about fucking suffering. But there you go. And, uh, I hope I entertained you guys at least for a good, I don't know, 20 minutes. And, uh, I'm going to work on a, another episode of a, probably another witch. And uh, I'm going to Europe this next time. And hopefully you guys like it. And, uh, I'm finally going to turn on my sponsors and my ads and my commercials because I kind of wanted to burp. <clears throat> I haven't made a single penny at all since I started alone. So, um, I think now after, uh, I think it's, it's time for me to start <laughs> giving it 150% and, um, make a couple shekels. So, I, I see my neurosurgeon on Monday. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to say. I'll probably lose my shit and get pissed. I don't know. We'll see. But, thank you guys for listening and uh, hearing me out. Alright? Bye, pinches. <laughs>